Hi, and welcome to Five Compelling Questions with Sean. This is the podcast where we speak with writers about writing and the writing life and becoming a writer for the first time and debut authors and finding inspiration and whatever else sort of comes to mind um, when we talk to writers on the show. Um, I am thrilled today to have my guest, Davida G. Breyer. How are you doing, Davida? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me here today. Oh, well, thanks for coming. I'm just, I'm just really, really excited to have you. Um, a brief introduction. Davida was born in Miami, Florida. She spent the last two decades in various roles within the book industry and currently works for Johns Hopkins University Press. She lives in Maryland with her family, a pack of wee rescue dogs, a rescue tortoise, and two companion chickens. And that just scratches the surface about you, really, but um, that's your official bio. So you're an animal lover and a writer and a publishing expert, yes? I am for sure an animal lover and, and a writer, and they pay me to do things with books all day long. So hopefully, hopefully I know what I'm doing. Right, yes, you, you have a, you've had a long illustrious career in publishing, so that we'll just put it that way. But we're talking about today, your, it's your debut novel, right? Your debut book? Okay, and it's called? Thankful. Thankful. Um, so I'll just say a little bit about the book and then we'll, we'll hear from you. Um, the official line about the book is, lies from the past and a dangerous present collide when after 15 years in exile, which I love exile, that's the perfect word, Michelle Miller returns to her tiny hometown of Larita, Florida. With her mother in the hospital, she's forced to reckon with the broken relationships she left behind with her family, her friends, and with herself. As a teenager, Michelle felt isolated and visible until she met Sissy, a dynamic and wealthy classmate. Their sudden intense friendship was all consuming. Punk rocker Morrison later joins their clique and they became an inseparable trio. They were the perfect high school friends bound by dysfunction, bad TV and boredom until one of them ends up dead. Um, so already everyone needs to just run out and get this book because it's already got all the things, all the things that I love for sure is in there. Uh, forced to confront the life she turned her back on 15 years ago, she begins to question, she begins questioning what was the truth and what were lies. Now at a distance, Michelle begins to see how dangerous Sissy truly was. An ingenious debut from editor and publisher Davida Breyer, Think Hole is a mesmerizing, darkly comic coming of age novel immersed in the 1980s Central Florida, a disturbing and skillful explore, exploration of home, friendship, selfhood, and grief set amidst golf courses, mobile homes, and alligators. Now, if that's not the most Florida thing you've heard today, I don't know what possibly could be. Um, what brought you, I just wanna ask real quick, I was drawn to the book because of Florida. I grew up in Florida, you were born in Florida. We were both 80s children. And I said to myself immediately, I need to meet this woman. I need to, I need to read this book. I need to meet this woman. And um, thank you for coming on the show. And what is your, what is, I just read the official description of the book, but why don't you say in your own words about Sinkhole, what you want everyone to know about the book, Sinkhole. Um, to me, it's, it's a bit of a hybrid. It's suspense. It's coming of age. You know, it's set in the 80s, but it's, it's not a nostalgia piece per se. And, you know, it's really, it's, it's their character. It's a very character-driven and place-driven novel that I hope is also a page-turner. Yes. Well, I feel you succeed, you succeed there because it is a page-turner. It's very, very well done. Um, it's a great book. So my first official question, that was a question, but you know, as we all know, I ask way more than five questions on the show, even though that's the title of the show. Um, first official question, 
the eighties are having a moment right now. <laughs> and it was so funny when all this started happening. I'm like, Oh, I'm going to have her on the show. I can ask her. Uh, the sequel to Top Gun is number one at the box office. And Kate Bush's single Running Up That Hill has hit top 10 charts after viewers heard it on Stranger Things way back before it did the first time back in the 80s. Um, how do you remember that decade and what made you focus your book on that particular period of time? I mean, for, for me, I was, you know, I was uh, in junior high and high school for much of the 80s. So that, that period is filled with that, you know, intensity, the angst, you know, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't all shiny, you know, Dallas and Dynasty kind of for me. And, and in the way that's more seeing some of this, this rose tinted nostalgia, there were, you know, there were good things and bad things. You're a kid. So there are a great many good things because you're young. You don't know, you know, you're getting to experience everything for the first time. But at the same time, you know, if, if you grew up at a certain time in a certain place, no matter where that is, and you're you're coming from a, a much more you know working class background you don't remember all the shiny things like that that are often being portrayed on tv and in the movies but um i do remember loving to go to the movies and i went to the movies constantly at least once a week usually me too i did we, we went to the movies yeah. a lot and it was like three dollars i remember that uh-huh sometimes we would roll up pennies to go my sister and i and um I do remember when it, it's so hot and I love the heat. I'm still a heat person, but once in a while, you just want to go to the library for the afternoon and sit in the air conditioning or go to the movies and sit in the air conditioning. So that was an oasis, those two places for us. For and, sure. and that's definitely a Florida kid thing where after a while, you're just tired of being hot. Whereas, yeah. you know, people think, oh, it's great. We'll go outside. We'll do things. And you're like, no, let's go inside. Let's like do something at night. Like it's not as hot then. And, and right. you know, that's something that I think is a big difference when you, when you visit Florida versus when you live there year round. Yeah. There's different things that happened to you as a child growing up there. It's just the way, cause my mom had a, like an RX seven with black leather seats. And I just never, every single day, it was sort of like, how am I going to get into this car and my bathing suit slash, you know, parochial skirt yeah. without burning that crap out of my legs, you know? <laughs> it's like that's just you live with the heat you just it's part of your lifestyle um yeah well you capture it brilliantly and I am the same age as you so I remember all these things I remember the video stores I remember all the stuff it just like really spoke to me but it, you captured it very well so I think that readers going to really respond to that kind of going along with that question number two central Florida is a place like no other um even if you only know about it fictionally or anecdotally we all know it's a different kind of place to live and grow up what inspired you to use it as you're sitting for your book? And tell us a little bit about Lorita, which is actually spelled like Florida without the F, but it's pronounced Lorita, right? Like a drink. <laughs> it sounds like a um, cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I was thinking about, you know, where I grew up, when I grew up, and, and I went to various schools in and around, um, you know, mostly Dade County. Some were very urban, some were semi-rural, but I, I was thinking about my characters and, and I needed them to be kind of isolated and in both time and place. So that was one of the reasons why the 80s were perfect was because there was a level of isolation without the internet, without cell phones, you know, and then when you put someone in a small town, you isolate them that much further. So, so that was part of meeting that tension of, of the isolation. And so I started looking on maps and, you know, I knew I wanted it to be somewhere in central Florida, but thanks to, you know, 
paper maps and Google, I could kind of zoom around and look at places I had been and places that I had never been. And, and Lorita ended up in this really nice splotch of blue and green where it, it really wasn't near anything. You know, the next biggest town was Sebring. And um, it's like, yeah, maybe, maybe here. And I'm still looking around and then I find out about the lake, which I end up using as a big part of the setting. And the lake is perfect because it, it has, you know, a, a mythology to it that works with the story. So that was one of the reasons for wanting it to be in an isolated small town. Now, for it being an isolated small town in Central Florida, I think Florida gets a really bad rap for very good reasons, mind you. But, you know, it's not just um, tourism and politics. I think there are parts of the state that are incredibly beautiful, incredibly wild, and much of that has been lost because of overdevelopment. I know certainly places I grew up are now under cement, and this was a way to go back in time and, and place to still have that wild sense of Florida that, that I think is underappreciated. And, and, and when I went down to Lurita, I found it actually is still very, very wild in that area. Yeah, yeah, there's a different ecology that have, you know, that is, exists, you know, butting up against, like you say, the expansion of man. Um, but it is, you know, it's very almost prehistoric sometimes when you walk, you think of what's been happening there for thousands of years and it's swampy and lakes are always creepy no matter where they are. <laughs> it's like, lakes are mysterious and creepy. They just are. Yeah, yeah, and that's definitely a Florida thing because people up north think lakes are cool because evidently nothing is going to grab them or eat them or sting them or bite them. Right. You're taking your life in your hands. You're walking at the edge of a lake and, you know, well, I just remember growing up and, you know, don't let your cats be outside, you know what I mean? Or little dogs. Or, you know, little dogs, you know, and be careful near the, the, the canals. There's stuff in the canals. Stay out of the yeah. canals. Don't swim in the canals. You're yeah. going to die. And also they're gross because they're all slimy and green and, you know, it's not. And, and yeah, that's another thing. Florida childhood. Everything is going to kill you. Just don't do that. You're going to get killed. Don't do that. You're going to get killed. Right. That's why we survived. We survived the 80s and Florida. That's why we're very yeah. tough. You know, it just it just sets you up for success when you make make it through those kind of childhoods. Aren't <laughs> 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 randomly picked off by an alligator or whatever. Um, well, very that that all comes true. It's just for me, it was just the, it's like it was like a big hug, you know, a big nostalgic hug to read your book. Um, although you know, terrible things are happening too. Um, but that's sort of like childhood anyway, <laughs> for some of us. <laughs> Number three, I was struck by the friendships between the characters uh, that had very different backgrounds that we sort of talked about when we introduced the book. What made you decide to set up those particular character dynamics? Um, do you think having them be from different backgrounds helped flesh them out um, in comparison with each other? Or did you have a did you have that in mind when you got started? Um, how did they all kind of form into what they became as characters in the book? Um. At a high level, when I was when I was conceiving of how how the structure and the power dynamics might work, I think there are a lot of you know inherent class issues in Florida. You have tourism, you have all the money coming in that way. You have fabulously wealthy people, and then there's also you know a lot of poverty, and that tension is is at play all the time throughout the state in various ways. You know, you do have the, the the golf courses set up against, you know, mobile homes. And, and so that tension is there. I, I really wanted to talk a bit about that power dynamic as it's as it's being used in the book as part of the abuse and how the rich character really does kind of use 
the characters that are working class uses that against them in a way that they haven't felt before. And, and it just sets that up for, you know, fake friends helping and, oh no, I'll pay for that. But then you really do pay for it. Yeah. So, so that was a lot of it. And then as far as the characters, the characters, I, I started as sketches and then it took time for them to develop into their actual to, to kind of achieve a sense of selfhood for me to be able to hear them clearly and individually. And that's when they became more nuanced. But um, but I knew the, the money, the power, the class dynamic was going to play into the overall tension and the, and the abuse. Yeah, for sure. And I think that that kind of dynamic sets itself up, up organically when you have, like you say, tourism, lots of people going to a certain area to, to enjoy the beautiful weather and things. There's always people that have to work there to make sure that you enjoy, you know. Yeah. So where, wherever you, it's somewhere like you feel really guilty about going to some resorts and things because you know that these people are, could, could be in a situation where they're struggling and they live right there. You know, they live nearby and, you know, it's, it's just always a tension. There's always a societal tension when anything like that is, is that happening and that really does come through. And, and, the, and the tourists, you know, people are like, oh, you're so lucky you live in Florida, but they're experiencing Florida with central air. Yeah, they're not experiencing Florida without central air and, you know, dealing with, you know, the the endemic species, let's just say, that populate your house when you're oh. living in certain areas. Yes. Yeah, there were times when, you know, it's like, well, I, I'm thirsty at night, but I'm not getting a drink because you don't know what's going to be crawling around in the kitchen, depending on where you live. Um, and even that's, you know, in like a pretty nice house it's just there's little critters and you know yeah if you're if you're a tourist you don't realize people actually cover their entire homes and bug bomb them yeah yeah and we grew up yeah I remember the flea guy would come and spray mm -hmm. the carpets it's like are we supposed to be walking around on these it's still kind of damp and I'm pretty sure yeah that wasn't good for us <laughs> oh yeah I know the guys coming in just pumping stuff right onto your floors and stuff because that's if you don't want fleas and then roaches yeah that's sort of what yeah. you have to do to live there. And yeah, it was, but it, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a trip. <laughs> it's a trip. <laughs> it's a trip. I think we're putting everyone off of ever going back. To yeah, yeah. Make sure you go for just a week and leave and, you know, count your, count your toes on the way out. So you don't get, you know, lose one to some critter. So this is your debut novel, which we, which we have said, which is very exciting. Congratulations, by the way. How did the original idea come to you for the book and how long did it take you from writing the first scene until publication? So this is a very fresh question for you because your book just came out. How did it all happen? The idea to, to do this, the very kernel of the idea of what the, the core you know, conflict might be um, came to me in, in 2016. I started writing in 2017 and, and really the, 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 the idea was we, you know, we've all known people that are, are you know, kind of narcissistic and how they use that, whether it's something that you see on television, you know, in the media, or if it's a personal relationship, how does that, what does that look or feel like? And, and if you've experienced it, what did that person look like as a teenager? You know, people think, oh, teens are just selfish. Well, no, not necessarily. And what did, you know, at what point does that selfish behavior of the teenager become really malignant, abusive behavior of an adult? Like, when do we stop excusing those behaviors of kids? And would another kid be able to identify this as a problem? 
Yeah. So, you know, if, if someone could, could harm another adult, erode their sense of self, erode their confidence, do all these things that, you know, or, or trick them into believing certain things, how, what's, what chance would another kid have? Yeah. Yeah, that's a very good impetus for, you can go in a lot of different directions with that thought. Yeah, when is when when does it become when does the thing switch where it's like that's okay now they're supposed to be acting that way <laughs> you know that's a very good yeah thing. I hadn't thought of it that way but yeah, yeah. There's, there's those kids you remember back in the day where you're like oh maybe I'm pretty sure they're not going to be okay you know back down the road <laughs> or yeah and then, oh they're just a kid oh they're just going to grow out of it oh it's you know no nope they totally didn't nope they're totally a scary adult now great so that just follows well that's that's really interesting I hadn't thought of you that's a very good answer because I hadn't thought of that. So that's very cool. Um, but I can see where you pulled on that throughout the book. Well, you know, the fifth question we like to reserve for something kind of inspirational, a little off the wall, a little bit different. If you could tell your younger, now that you're a debut novelist and your book was uh, written up in the New York Times, that was very cool. Congratulations. If you could tell your younger writing self anything, what would it be? Um, I would have told myself much younger that it was okay to not know what you're doing. It was okay to write bad fiction. It was okay to figure it out and, and to not be as scared of writing bad fiction as I was for so long. That's great. That's great uh, advice. Yeah, because we do. I think every single writer has to get over that hump of, oh my God, this is going to be the worst thing ever. And everyone's going to think I'm terrible. And you know, so you have to really kind of push past that invisible film screen that we put in front of our faces and then you're okay, you know? But I swear it's, you know, no matter how many things you write down the road, it's still going to be like, is this going to be good enough? <laughs> so everyone thinks it's like, have I lost my whole ability to do anything? Um, it's just sort of crops up, but you just get better at handling it. I think as you get older down the road or younger or whatever, whatever the case may be. <laughs> so, well, that's very good advice and everyone should heed that. So the final thing we do is a, is a pop uh, quiz. It's just, um, there are no correct answers. You just answer the, any way you feel fit that day. So here we go. Ready? Okay. Final quiz. Number one, beach or mountains? Oh, beach, beach, beach every day, all the time. And not just the beach, the ocean. Ah, we'll see Florida girls. That's I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily, I'm not a fan of the sand, but oh, I love the water. Yeah, same. I love the sand too. Sweet or savory? Savory. Yeah. Uh, potato chips are my vice. Boardwalk fries at the ocean. Oh yeah, we have a we have a theme going. Comedy or drama? That's a tough one. Mm -hmm. I, I I really kind of like the blend of the two. I mean, that's a good Russian. Question. If you can answer that way. Yeah, Russian Doll and Hacks, and I like it when you get both sides. Like you start to laugh, and then all of a sudden you get hit upside the head with something that's actually meaningful. Yeah, that's great. Oh, Hacks is I love Hacks. Oh my God, so funny, but dark. There's a darkness to it. That was like, I always answer it. That's a stumper. Everyone sort of has a hard struggles with that one. Um, but I always say like, I love the Coen brothers because I think oh, yeah. it's hilarious, but there's also like people are getting chopped up at wood chippers and things. And you know, you can't get much darker than some of the stuff in their movies, but they're also some of the funniest movies. Seen. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I'm the same. You may have to tweet that one because it, it does stump everyone. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. Yeah. Do you write in the mornings? Um, I do better writing in the mornings. I do not write well at night. And I just, I've always gotten up early, mostly probably because dogs have to go out. Yeah. Yeah. When you're a chicken dog slash animal person, they, they don't care what time it is. Really no. 
Yep, I hear you. Uh, coffee or tea? Coffee, Cafe Busteo. Ooh, another Miami thing. That's it. Funny. Is we are we are Floridians. No, unapologetically. So, first book's out. Things are going well. What's going on now? Do you have a book tour? Are you going to be on the road? I know you've had some events. What's going on next? Um, I haven't. I had two events, and I'm probably looking to do some more locally. I'm I'm a little hesitant to get on a plane again. Um, I tried to get on to, on one for work recently, and that didn't didn't go so well. So I'm probably going to stick close to home and do as much as I can within driving distance and online and start working on book number two. Oh, there's going to be a book number two. Yay. Yay. So we can, we can find you at your website. Is it your name.com? Is it, that's what it is. Yeah. .com. All right, cool. So we'll, we'll, everyone has to check it out. Everyone needs to go get sinkhole and read it and pretend like you're from Florida. And it, it'll just, it's a great way, even though it's a, uh, I wouldn't say it's a beach. I would. I think of it as a beach read. It's a beach read. It's a Florida book. It's a beach read. So what are? It's all. I think everyone should grab it and go to the beach and eat some fries and uh, enjoy it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, and I hope to see you again. And I'll be cheering for you from the sidelines. I'll be in the Florida section. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Take care.